Welcome into another edition of The Session with Londa and David. My name's David Austin, and sitting across from me, as always, in a beautiful blue cotton, kind of denim-looking shirt thing. Maybe chambray. I, I don't know what it's called. Chambray. I, I, don't, I, don't I don't know that term. It's a French term, I'm guessing, from France. I do not know. I do not know either. Again, this is The Session with Londa and David, a program that's brought to you each and every week by uh, Sherwood Austin Growth Consultants. It's a program about business. We learned last week that we've even saved a life, but what we're really trying to do is help you save your business, and that's, you know, not something we take lightly. Correct. Okay. Informative and interesting. Again, as I said, the session with London David's brought to you by Sherwood Austin Growth Consultants. If you're looking to grow your income and success, Sherwood Austin Growth Consultants can help you find your sweet spot. Whether you're hoping to increase sales, grow your team, get your bottom line back in shape, you owe it to yourself to reach out to Londa today at 509 509- 4912663. That number again is 509-491-2663 or email Londa at SherwoodAustin.com. It's a great time to be in business. Why not be in business with us? Okay. Ooh. I'm pretty excited about this program because since our last program, uh, Russia has invaded another country. We've now learned that Kiev is no longer called Kiev, but Kiev, I don't, I don't, Kiev, I don't know how to say that, but Kiev right. um, is uh, under siege. And, um, and what is it doing to the world markets right now? Well, that's why I'm bringing it up because oh. it's on the front of every single newscast I'm guessing worldwide, not just nationwide. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's doing some crazy things to worldwide markets. The U.S. President, Joe Biden, has announced sanctions that he's going to impose immediately against Russia. But, you know, Russia is kind of a dictatorship. And the people who are in place to help him run Russia are his hand-picked buddies. So it's going to take a while for those... Uh, uh, things to really take hold and Mm -hmm. cause real problems for the government. It'll immediately impact business in Russia, but those sanctions will take a while to filter down to put real pressure on the government. So it's throwing world markets into turmoil. It's been really good for mortgage-backed securities. I hate to say that, but whenever stocks are in crisis... Bonds are a safe haven investment, so we could see a little improvement in the bond markets, which would make interest rates continue to go down a little bit. They've been on the rise for the past few weeks, so a little mm-hmm. relief is mm-hmm. is nice, but at what cost, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot going on since our last yeah. program. Mm-hmm. 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 And with all that said... It is an okay thing to be thriving in your business, even though there's a war across the sea. Well, I've always heard, my whole life, I've heard that war is good for business. War is good for the economy. It is great for the economy, and I don't see that it's going to be good in the short term for the United States because we are not in the war machine. Mm -hmm. So we're not building tanks and building things to send over there. Uh. 
you see what I mean? That's why my grandpa always said that it's good for the economy. Well, and if you look at the economy, it has improved the economy every time there's been a major war. Every single time. But again, it rallies the country. It rallies patriotism. People have to get to the factories if their uh, male counterparts are in the war effort. Right. World War II and whatnot. Yeah, it's still, it's it's an awful thing. It is an awful thing. I don't know what to think of it, actually. I don't know. I, you know, I'm not... um, Well, I think for me, loss of life is a tragedy. Absolutely. And there's very little reason that my brain can figure out to, you know, murder someone. Yeah, and I think about, you know, my brain automatically goes toward the families and mm-hmm. thinking about when I had little kids and something scary was going on and having to, uh, you know, tend to them or try to ease their fears. And uh, it's just, I can't imagine. It's got to be horrible. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And apparently we're sending more troops to Europe to stand by, but I don't mm-hmm. anticipate, just from watching the media coverage, I don't right. anticipate boots on the ground over there um, in, in uh, uh, what's the? Ukraine. Ukraine, that's right. I almost said Yugoslavia, but that is not the same place. That's not it. So I don't, I don't see that right. as... You didn't major in geology. <laughs> It's one of my favorite jokes to tell. That's a good They're joke. Really, right? <laughs> because you see, geology and geography are two different things. Geography is where things are in the world. Uh-huh. So I say geology to be funny. And it is hilarious. <laughs> Sometimes people don't get it. Then it's even funnier to me on the inside. <laughs> Which is terrible, probably, but you know it's, it's elitist humor. It's great. Oh, it's interesting <laughs> because you know we talk about how to improve your customer service mm-hmm. processes mm-hmm. and how to improve your sales and do better in your business. And then there's this major disaster somewhere in the world, and it really takes me back. And I think, man, what am, what am I even doing? Well, that's the thing, right? I, I, you had a social media post um, last week that I found very interesting. You told the story of a little kid on Christmas Day who goes downstairs and finds oh, yeah, all yeah. kinds of horse poop under the Christmas tree. And the kid just dove right in and started digging for it. And when his dad came down and asked them, uh, hey, Johnny, what are you doing down there? I think the punchline was, well, with all this poop on the ground, there's got to be a pony in here somewhere. Yeah. And that is exactly how you need to run your business in times of crisis. Yeah. You cannot let what's happening externally impact what's happening internally in your business. I like that. You can't. And mm-hmm. the reason you can't is because then outside factors will determine your fate, not your productivity, not your focus, not your work product. I am, I am the captain. That's exactly right. Yeah. I'm the captain now. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough time when people are taking their eye off the ball because of geopolitical situations, right. right? It's tough. It's one of those things though, where this is not the time to stop what you're doing and sit around and worry. Right. Right. I mean, what, uh, okay. At the risk of, you know, getting some, uh, negative feedback on this, what, what's it really affecting you? How's it really affecting you directly in your life? Sure. Could you, 
and I'm not, I'm not cold or heartless, but honestly, could you just keep your head down and keep working and keep putting one foot in front of the other and, you know, and will it really affect you all that much Mm -hmm. if you Mm do? I mean, things only affect us if we let them, uh, it reminds me of, um, something that happened to me one time. I, uh, I'm very, my physical body is very easily affected by mental stress. Sure. And so, um, I remember talking with my doctor one time about it and she said, well, well, you're, you're pretty self-aware. I mean, you can kind of see the stress coming from a distance, can't you? And then you started singing from a distance. No, no. (laughs) And I said, well, I mean, yeah, I know, I know when it's coming. And she said, well, then you have a choice whether to take it on. Okay. Or like when you're on the playground as a kid and somebody throws you a ball and you don't want to play and you just move out of the way, move out of the way and, and let it go by. She said, you can do that with stress too. And you can really do that with anything. Keep your blinders on Uh and stay focused on, on your your life and your world right now and don't be unaware of what's going on right be compassionate help where you can be available where you can if you have you know friends or family members that are deeply connected to it but the truth is what can i really do that's right what can you really do you know what i mean um in this case let me tell you how this is going to impact you immediately gas prices are going up Mm -hmm. that's about it and here's what i mean by that um you think of Russia as a superpower. You think of them as yeah. a huge contributor to the world economy. Okay, and I'll tell you part of why. Because mm-hmm. my whole life I grew up hearing Russia is like the big bad wolf. Right. Right? Well, and you know, you can vilify a country and make them bigger than they really are. But let's let's look at the numbers. Okay. The gross... Facts and data. The I like gross it. domestic product mm-hmm. of Russia... The entire country. The same exact size as the gross domestic product of Florida. Let me say that again. Florida's gross domestic product is equal, Florida, to Russia. It's not going to be a major player economically across the globe. That's that's what I say. Now, they have some natural resources that we've gotten dependent on. Their oil and gas we've leaned into. That's a mistake. Gas prices are going to go Diversify up. Diversify your portfolio, folks. That's exactly right. Diversification makes things better. Don't put all your eggs in one basket, as your grandparents used That's to right. say. That's right. That's exactly right. I so, never knew what that meant when they said it. I wish they'd explained it. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. I'm like, where am I supposed to put them in my pocket? They'll get squished. Maybe. I don't understand. I don't know. Get a different yeah. basket. Because if you're it, running... Well, that's the thing. All your eggs are in one basket, trip and fall, I don't, broken eggs. You get the point though, that we're trying to make. Yeah. You should personally never put all your eggs in one basket, diversify your portfolio, and also so should the federal government. <laughs> Absolutely. And so should investors and so should, yeah. which is why mortgage-backed securities are rallying as of late. And when I say as of late, I mean middle of next or last week to today because of the instability in the global markets, right? Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. you know, we haven't seen anything like this in quite some time. So right. it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. And that's all it should be. 
interesting. I don't mean that on a humanitarian level. I mean that on a personal level. Unless you are directly impacted by this, you need to keep your head down and keep doing what you need to do because that's how we keep from going backwards. That's how we keep from being affected by an overseas war. Right. And let me speak to the empaths for a moment. Mm -hmm. It's going to be okay. Yeah. You can see it coming. You don't have to take it on personally. Mm-hmm. This is not your personal fight to take on. You don't have to feel the weight of the world. That's right. It's okay. It's okay to take care of yourself. All right. That was my little side note to the empaths of the world. And the Ukraine was part of the Soviet Union. Right. So the fact that Russia is trying to rebuild the Soviet Union shouldn't be a surprise to many people. Right. You know, they've been talking about this for a while. I heard another uh, political commentator talking about how this is going to open the door to more uh, uh, territorial attacks um, to to grab land. You know, it happened with Hong Kong and China. It's now happening with Russia and Ukraine. It's been happening at Yellowstone. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all, we've been watching Yellowstone and it is ridiculous but but fun yeah that that beth dutton character is just absolutely unredeemable she is unhinged yeah nothing there good (laughs) nothing no so what's new with you with me personally yeah what's happening well um we're my louisiana lending license is about to go live when that happens we'll open an envoy satellite office from the kennewick office in lafayette louisiana that's exactly right so we are waiting for the licensing to come through and then uh dago's like david i'm gonna fly down there we're gonna go get a space i'll have an office space tied up by the time he gets down (laughs) here but i can't wait for him to fly down in a week or so it's fun though speaking of and congratulations yep that's it's really exciting i love watching you branch out and grow and and do different things. Um, it's fun. Yeah. And you're playing your trombone more which at home, which is great. Too. Yes. Like, it's, it's fun. Yeah. I ultimately want to get back in touch with the Acadiana Symphony and the the community concert right. band here right. because I've been gone from those entities for 30 years practically. Ooh. It's been mm-hmm. a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 30 years. I'm old. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> well, you are turning 50 this year. That's exactly right. And hey... My friends, my people, if you have any suggestions about a 50th birthday, (laughs) send them my way. Uh, So Envoy offices in Washington and Louisiana. Correct. We are looking to expand Sherwood Austin Growth Consultants into a a Washington entity as well. Mm -hmm. So that's something we've kind of carried with us wherever we are. Mm -hmm. I I just booked my first uh, real big paid speaking gig, like legit, big, I, big time kind of thing. So it's pretty that's awesome. exciting for me, and and um, yeah. So we've got we've got lots of things cooking, and I don't mean to brag, but I had my best game of racquetball ever this week. <laughs> and let me just say, and this is related to business, so okay. stick with me. Okay. David loves racquetball. He's played it since he was 10. Mm-hmm. At talk- what used to be the Cajun I'm Court Club. I'm talking to you. And okay. then Red Laurels. So that's almost 40 years yeah. of playing, right? Mm-hmm. When we got together two and a half years ago, mm-hmm. I started playing racquetball with you. Right. Let me tell you a couple of things. 
I am sensitive to sound. Mm-hmm. I'm sensitive to uh, things flying at my face, like maybe <laughs> maybe more sensitive than other people. I'm not super coordinated nor athletic. Right. I think you're pretty athletic. You don't give yourself credit, but you are. Okay. This sport, I've tried to make you fall, this, and you can't fall. You're this, like a running back. You're very athletic. This sport is bananas. It's bananas. You're all over the court. The ball flies all over. It's so loud mm-hmm. that it makes me want to... It's like shell shock. I want to crawl in the corner and cry. Yeah. Okay, but... And this... Listen, sometimes things suck. I have never, ever stuck with anything that I was not good at. Like, listen, if I haven't mastered it within a year, I'm out. And I think that's short-sighted, but keep going. And I'm not going to argue with you about that. <laughs> it, it's probably a character flaw, but I think a lot of people are like, why do you keep showing up to do something you suck at? I've just never been good at doing that. 10,000 hours of anything, doing anything intentionally makes you an expert at it. That's what the, the people say. 10,000 hours. Right. So I finally, I said, we played a game of racquetball this last week. And uh, when we got done, I said to you, today was the first day. It was kind of fun. <laughs> Which Two is bizarre. Two and a half years of straight misery. Because feeling, I enjoy it every time. Feeling like an idiot mm-hmm. every single time. Feeling like I don't know what I'm doing. I can't get this. I I can't move, make my body move right. I can't, I don't know where the ball's going. You're supposed to anticipate where the ball, I don't know squat. Well, you're a good sport because you've come along with me and played now for the past two and a half years and you're getting better and you're starting to have some real good court awareness. Um, So that's fun. That's fun. Yeah. And a couple of times I've, I've gotten you. I've gotten you good. Sure. Yeah. I I wish I were uh, in a position to move around the court more, but I'm trying to keep the ball alive for you. So sometimes I I just don't get there. It's true. It's absolutely true. It wouldn't be fun if I was hitting kill shots every every single shot. Well, you do that sometimes. I don't ever mean to. I try not to. That's the the point. You purposefully did this last week when I got a little cocky. I think I scored my fourth point on you, and I was like strutting around the court being cocky and and i know and i knew it when i did it i thought nope he's gonna end it right now and you did i didn't mean to seriously i did not some mean kind to. of crazy drive to the corner almost to the floor no i had i, to, I had to hit nothing. it to the front corner away from you because i don't want to hit you with the ball and you're doing great and taking up the middle part of the court so I, I had am. to hit it across a cross court shot like that. I am, I am, and and sometimes I have to, and this is true of your business too. Sometimes you have to take the wins even when you don't score. Like I missed the ball, but at least I shuffled properly instead of running foot over foot. You know, which you're, you're supposed to shuffle. You're not supposed to foot over foot. And so I was like, well, I missed the ball, but I shuffled. And that's got to be the win for me now. And, you know, sometimes you have to dig really hard to find the win in your work, yes. in your business. I was just going to say, so how do we turn this into a business-relevant conversation? I've been connecting the dots the entire conversation. I, I don't know and, where you've And been. I'm emotionally in the conversation where you're talking about how you're not good at racquetball. I suck, but I'm still in it because 
you like to do that. And it's kind of like staying in a job that you hate because you have to put food on the table for your family and you don't know what else to do right now. I'm serious. I don't think doing something nice for your partner is anything like staying in a job you hate. Well, I'm telling you right now, you haven't lived inside my head playing racquetball for the last two and a half years because there's a lot of similarities. That's horrible. I'm sorry for your life choices. Wow. (laughs) I just kept thinking, I'll get it. I'll get it. I don't know if I'll ever get it, but at least I show up, right? You are getting it, and we are having fun, and at every racquetball appointment, we laugh. We do. And play, so I don't know what's horrible about it. We do laugh and play and... and Every single I shame time. spiral. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Hey, I have a question of the week. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Because I think it'll spark some more conversation okay. to you. Let's go. Um, how do I know when I'm ready to launch my own business? Mm. That's great. I I have an answer, and it's based on my... And I have an answer. ...youth in radio. So let's hear your answer first, and then I'll tell you what is ingrained in me. I think that when you have done two things, mm-hmm. you're ready. When you have replaced your income with your side hustle, whatever mm-hmm. it is, let's say, because that's you know how I think. If you want to start something, I'm thinking entrepreneurial. You want to start something of your own. Right. You've got a nine to five. Do the thing of your own on your off hours. Right. At work, Right. And when you replace your work income with your side hustle income, mm-hmm. that's one one time that you know, oh, it might be time to do this permanently. The other thing is you better have some operating capital in the bank. Okay. That makes sense. And you only you can decide what number you're comfortable with, you know? Sure. Um so when we decided to to make some some kind of switch up things in our lives, we had, you know, two to three years worth of operating capital in the bank before right. we made any kind of move at all. Just in case it all goes to hell in a handbasket, sure. you can still pay your bills, you can still put food on the table. So that that's kind of my answer is more very practical in that way well um i don't disagree with anything you said um but you need to be a gambler if you're going to open your own business if you are all about the sure thing you are not a business owner here's what i mean by that Mm. uh i used to listen every night while i was operating the board at news radio kpel as a young young man uh, little david austin tiny little david austin the littlest d uh would listen to the programs that I had to engineer in between my newscasts that I did on News Radio KPL. And one of the best programs that we had on the air was the Bruce Williams show. And he was a business guy. And people called in his show for business advice. It was a lot like Dave Ramsey for getting out of debt, except it was him talking about business and your business being successful and what you need to be able to do to be a business owner. So if we had a call-in show, it would be kind of like what we do. Absolutely. Cool. And he I was, would love that if anyone wants to uh, give us a show. <laughs> and he was um, very, very focused on the entrepreneurial spirit 
and whether you have it or you don't have it. And one question he would ask people, and I remember a, a guy called up and said, yeah, I'm thinking about opening a restaurant and blah, 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 and I've got some support and some backers, and I'm really ready to make moves. And he'd say, and he would say this, uh, okay, so uh, tell me, are you willing to gamble your children's next meal on your business? And nine times out of ten, the people would say, well, Jesus, no. And he would always follow up with, then you're not a business owner and hang up on them. And that's true. If you aren't so sure that this is a thing you're willing to gamble everything you've got on, you're not a business owner. Yeah. If you're looking for a sure thing, you need to go sell shoes at Walmart because you'll make minimum wage and you will get your hours as long as you slip shoes onto people's feet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, business ownership is not for the faint of heart. That is for sure. And I, and I remember telling, uh, after my first year in real estate, I sat down with, um, the majority owner of the company that I was with and to do like my one year review. Mm-hmm. And I said, Hey, before we get started, I just want to take a second and I want to thank you. Thank you for taking all the risk and I get all the benefit because as the business owner, they do, they take a hundred percent of the risk. All I have to do is show up and I got a hundred percent of the benefit. And I was ever so grateful for that opportunity. I, I like the way you say that you got 70% of the benefit. They got 30% of the benefit, right? Well, until I hit a certain, right. it's, you know, it's real estate. Yeah. There's commission splits. That's yeah. how it goes. That's right. But they definitely are um, taking the majority of the risk. Absolutely, they are. I would yeah. say, I would say um, if you're a realtor working with a builder, but not for the builder, meaning you list his properties or her properties, right? Mm-hmm. Then truly they are taking all of the risk and you are getting uh, only the upside. I'll never forget. Well, I I felt exactly that way. Yeah, I was but, getting only the upside in my mind, and I don't I don't think there's anything. Wrong there's with nothing that. wrong with that. But what I'm saying is, you were paying for that honor. Thirty percent of your commissions until you hit a certain level is what you were paying for that. The risk was the the mortgage on the building, the cost of the E and O insurance, the cost to keep the lights on, the cost of the coffee in the place, the copier. I think it's a very light risk. If you work with people who are business-minded growers, and you are unique, you're a business-minded grower, you were there to make money and be in a profession, you weren't there to have somebody to hang out with on Tuesdays for lunch. You didn't have a safety net. You, nope. were, you were working to make sure you had retirement income, and you had a goal, and that kind of motivation is unusual. Do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think you. I think you were all in. I think you would have gambled your children's next meal on the gig because you had no other choice, right? And that's pretty exciting. Well, I gambled my future. Tell me more about that. That's what does that what mean? I was gambling. I had no financial future without making that a success. No savings. No investments. No retirement and debt. 
So the sure thing That's what I had. was the negative option. The sure thing, for sure, you mm-hmm. will have nothing if you don't do it. And I've always been more motivated by the negative than the positive. Okay. And that's, I don't know if that's personality or if that's what, but I, you know, I always think one of the best places to be in it when you're starting something is I got to make this work or fill in the blank disaster. Sure. Well, and that's something that is definitely a motivator, right? Desperation is a great motivator. Right, right. Certainty, in my opinion, is the best motivator. I am certain that whatever I do, I will be the best at, and I will solve any problems that come my way. I'm certain. Force of nature mentality. And you kind of have to be that when you're a lender because all kinds of curveballs are thrown at you on transactions. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I do. I mean, I knew the only thing I remember going to my first few appointments with with potential clients and, you know, I'd give my little presentation that I'd learned and I'd say, uh, "Okay, let's let's talk about the elephant in the room. And they'd say, okay, because these were people I knew, right? They weren't strangers. Mm -hmm. If they were strangers, I didn't do this. Because what they don't know, okay, <laughs> you know. But I'd say, let's talk about the elephant in the room. And they'd say, oh, okay, I'm new, right? I haven't done this before. Mm-hmm. So what are your concerns around that? Do you have any concerns around that? And we would just have a conversation about it, you know. And luckily, the way that real estate in Washington State, you know, is run, mm-hmm. you've, you've got to have your your contracts signed off by a managing broker. And and so for the first two years, I think, and I mean, what's better than that? I've got a seasoned agent on this, on your deal with me. That makes sense. That's how I, how I said that because that's how it felt. Sure. You know? Um, And so, you know, we would just talk about their concerns and I think it's really healthy. I think that's really healthy as well. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's exciting. What are some things that you wish you'd known going into it that you didn't? And even though you were a success, you wish you'd known going in. What are some things? Um, mm, I guess... One of... Go ahead. Nope. Keep, oh, you're on a you're on a well, train. Well, one of the things I wish I'd known was that I didn't need to have what I thought I needed to have. Say that another way. For for example, I didn't have a laptop. Right. I, I thought everyone had to have a laptop. I didn't know how I was going to get a laptop. Is that untrue? When I showed up, uh, I found out there's a room at the company that has two computers that are just open like a workstation yeah. room yep. okay 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 problem solved great perfect <laughs> <laughs> i didn't have a computer right i didn't have a desktop that i could bring in or a laptop i did you know so i used those mm-hmm. um i i thought you know to be a realtor lady you have to look a certain way you know there's a look yes i mean john mulaney the stand-up comedian he has a whole bit about realtors realtor ladies Mm -hmm. it's hilarious so look (laughs) it up um but it's true they kind of have a certain look okay and i thought well 
I didn't, I didn't have that look. Right. You know? And so I had two dresses and two pair of shoes. When you started real estate. Yeah. And I rotated them. And and you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. You know, but I thought here, here's what I thought. And here's how I just did it anyway. Right. You know, I thought I had to have a fancy car. In fact, one of my clients used to make fun of my car that I had when I first started real estate. And, uh, you know, that kind of is rough on the ego. Sure. You know? Sure. And I remember saying to him, well, you know what? It's paid for. It's paid for. And so my money's going in the bank. Right. Your truck's pretty, but I don't have a payment. So, and I'm comfortable with it. Yeah. I don't care. The thing's a workhorse. It was a nine, I think a 1991, um, Lincoln town car. Beautiful. All the right. Was all right. All right. With no air conditioning. Ugh. Everybody had a car like that. Most people I know who had cars like that were teenagers. Right, right. Yeah, they were in their <laughs> mid-40s. Uh, but, you know, I thought I needed to... And then as I started working, what I realized is all I really needed to do mm-hmm. was to be really hungry to earn and to learn. Yes. If I could, If I could, you know, marry hunger and hustle you know, and humility, Mm -hmm. wrap them all together in one formula. If I could package that and that that's really what I knew. And you were talking about, um, certainty. Mm -hmm. The only thing I knew for sure is nobody was going to work harder. And that is how I ended that conversation about their concerns. I said, listen here, I've answered all your questions, you know, how, you know, whatever their questions were. And I said, the, the one thing I know I bring to the table that nobody else will is I will work harder for you than anyone else. And, I do know that. And that knowledge, that belief, that certainty is mm. why you were successful. You need to have it. I've said several times over the years from when I was selling radio to doing mortgages, you know, radio salespeople would say, David, you know, I need to really study the radio stations. And I didn't understand why they needed to study the radio stations because product knowledge does not help you sell. Certainty helps you sell. If you know for sure your product is the best thing for the customer, it doesn't matter what collateral you can have with you or or talk about, you will be successful regardless of the collateral. And here's the thing that Malcolm Adams used to tell me when I was a young radio sales guy. He'd say, David, put together some collateral Put it in your briefcase before your meeting, but do not pull it out unless they need it. Explain to the people what collateral is just in case they don't know. Okay. So when you go to sell something, often lazy salespeople sell what they have in their pocket, and that's the collateral. Like a presentation. Like a presentation. (laughs) That's exactly right. I would not say, I think you better be careful with your words, lazy salespeople use collateral. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is lazy salespeople sell what's in their briefcase, not their ideas. I gotcha. You see what I mean? So I thought we were going to have a fight right here. When you (laughs) are sitting in front of a business owner, Right. And you know what? We have a business consulting business. So let's pretend I'm sitting in front of a business owner about our consulting firm. Okay. I'm not there to talk about what I do. Right. I'm there to talk about Come what on. they do. Come right? on. Right. Yep. Once I know what they do and I know what hurts the most. Right. 
I can find help, the pain, find the pleasure. I can help diagnose and prescribe the remedy. That's right. That is sales. Dr. Austin. And having a bunch of pretty <laughs> papers with uh, 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 numbers from the latest Arbitron ratings mm-hmm. are less impressive than that emotion yes. and that knowing, belief. Absolutely. Knowing what your client needs. Mm-hmm. And wrapping what you have around their need. And helping them. You know, one thing that I ran into when I was selling broadcasting, and it was forever ago, was results versus recognition. Recognition feels good. Your friends say, hey, I heard your spot on the radio. Results are the cash registers ringing. If your cash register isn't ringing, you're not getting results. Mm -hmm. So it feels great to be recognized. It feels much better paying your light bill. You know, it's so true. And I've been thinking about this concept a lot lately. And, and, you know, when I, I go out and I speak in front of different groups uh, a lot of times and I'm, you know, becoming a legit keynote speaker. Uh, You've been a legit keynote speaker for years. I know, but I say it with such hesitation. Um, But, uh, and I've been thinking a lot about it's, it is, it's really nice to be recognized and I've been recognized different places. Sure. Yep. And, um, and that's really fun. And it's really fun when people look at you from the audience and they are enthralled with what you're saying, but you know, what's even better when the audience is, has a, a, a transformation. Right. Because of what you say. Right. I've seen you do it to groups of people. I've seen you turn on the light bulbs in people's heads. I love that more than anything. Well, you're not new at that. It's true. It's true. You know what I mean? When you you were a productivity coach at a real estate firm, you were doing that on a weekly basis. Yeah. In our long session. I've done it. I've done it in some capacity my whole life. Right. Um, you know, I'm just looking to make it a more prominent part of what I do. And that's great. And And it's a little scary to me and exciting. And, you know, I was about 10 years old when I first started, uh, uh, when I first like had this picture in my head of me speaking to big groups of people. Mm -hmm. So it was pretty fun, pretty exciting. And you're great at it. And that's what, that's what I need you to understand. You're great at it. So you don't need to practice. You don't need to think about no, it. I feel supernatural when I'm when I'm presenting. Right. It's not hard. So. And and you mean super and natural. You don't mean supernatural. I feel very natural. Okay. Not You're not super. flying around the room. You're not levitating things. Oh God. <laughs> no, not at all. No, no. What's one mistake in business you've made that you never want anyone else to make again? That I never want anyone else to make yeah. again or that I don't want to make again? Well, either way, something you could share with us that, hey, don't learn from me. Don't make this mistake. That's interesting. That's an interesting question. Hmm. Well, I remember the first big mistake I made in lending, and that was something I hope to never <laughs> have happen again. And that was uh, I was doing a loan on a manufactured home in a park and... um it was a it was a guideline question and i had them pre-approved and we were ready to go mm-hmm. and the loan got all the way to underwriting and the underwriter said hey austin what are you trying to pull and i said what what do you mean that's a scary question from an underwriter yes what are you trying to pull well, yeah not what's going on here that's right not help me understand that's exactly right <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was bad 
It was bad. And what it had to do was, God, it was 20 years ago, bankruptcy seasoning on an FHA loan. That's okay. what it had to do with. We were able to still close the deal. We didn't close late even, but I had to take one of the borrowers off the deal. And turns out it worked out really well because he went back to jail, I think. And the, <gasps> the lady who ended up buying it oh my God. was able to be in it and be fine. So it was, it was really uh, guidelines can get you. So certainty isn't always the thing that makes it work in sales, especially if you're in a business with very strict guidelines. So pay attention to the details. Absolutely. And so I would say pay attention to the details. Other than that, I would say don't don't date the people you work with. That's a mistake. Well, yeah, that's always a mistake. I <laughs> Uh, I don't want to park on that. I don't want to park on that. We're going to move right off it. Uh, I would say, listen to your gut would be the thing that, um, a mistake I made was not listening to my gut. And I don't want anybody to dismiss that. You brought that up actually, um, in last week's show, you said something about teaching your kids that, um, you just do it the way you have to do it. It doesn't matter about intuition or something. Do you yeah, remember that your, conversation? Your feelings don't matter or whatever. That was a terrible thing to teach them, and I apologize profusely and have. Well, maybe um, maybe that's why you didn't trust your gut, because you were just practicing what you preach. I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, but um, but it's so important. You know, I remember sitting with a potential client, mm -hmm. uh, and I knew that I knew that I knew it was not going to work. Right. This is not going to work. Right. Do not take these people on as a client. Smart. And I thought they were referred to me by another client who I don't want to let down. I, I'm, I was still pretty new in real estate and you know, you're hungry. Mm-hmm. And they want me to sell their house and help them find another one. Right. That's two deals, you know. And uh, I took <sighs> walking. I got the papers signed walking away. I had the gut check sitting at the dining room table. I did it anyway. Got the paperwork signed, walked away, walking to my car, gut check. Mm -hmm. I mean, it. And let me tell you, to this day, that was the single most difficult transaction I've ever done, both their sale and their purchase. And driving up to the bank in my town car, mm -hmm. the big boat that it was. With no air conditioning. No air conditioning and a broken window. <laughs> So I had to open the door. I had to open the door to get to the thing, you know, at the drive-through. Sure. Why I didn't go in, I don't know. Um, and uh, I remember signing those. This was, you know, back in the day when you signed the checks mm -hmm. and put them in the mm -hmm. thing. I still do that. I'm a weirdo. And I thought, and I remember so clearly letting go of that and thinking, wasn't worth it. And it was fifteen thousand dollars in commissions. Mm -hmm. Wasn't worth it. It was not worth it. Yeah. What I had to endure with that. Oh, well, ugh. you know what? I was physically sick for three days. It's a good, 
lesson to learn Mm -hmm. that you need to get successful quickly because once you have success, it's easier to walk away from customers that aren't a love match. And I've said that for years and years and years. I need it to be a love match for me to feel all the feels in a transaction. And (laughs) if I'm dealing with somebody who is, you know, just a rate shopper who has no faith in my skill level, who isn't interested in what I have to do or say they just want the best possible rate. Right. I can tell you now we're not a love match. Mm. We are not because I'm never going to be the low price leader. That is not part of my business model model at mm-hmm. all. Not part of it at all. What I am is the guy who's going to work hardest for you to make your goals get met. Well, and I'll tell you, when you do business with you, you you better be ready for the ongoing relationship. Well, yeah. And that's your deal. That is my deal. You know, I'm not in sales strictly for commission. I used to have an expensive lifestyle, so I got into sales. Mm-hmm. I'm into sales for the relationships. The money's far less important yeah. to me than well, the relationships. And and I, I actually just made a post on Facebook Um this last week about the relationships. I had a mm-hmm. rough, a rough real estate day when I, I had calls back to back from clients who I, in my, uh, I've seen them in their early marriage, seen them through having three little kids, each, each of these two families, three little kids. Mm-hmm. Helped them, you know, buy the first house, upsize into the second house, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. As their family grew, um, walked with them through. One of them lost a parent. One of them lost um, a, maybe a sibling or something. I can't remember right now, but I mean, really horrible. And now both are getting divorced. Yeah, and we and which is okay. I, I have no judgment, obviously, sure. on any of these decisions. But it hit me how much of life and my clients' lives I carry with me. That's interesting because you are often much less relational than I am. So I, it's I don't great. want them to know. I don't want them to know that I'm a big mush and I think about them all the time. And and I'm I'm constantly thinking about my clients and their lives and how they're doing. And I, and I wonder about this and I wonder about that. And, you know, and, and, oh, I, I, you know, I saw on social media that it was snowy on their way to work. I wonder if they made it okay. Like I'm, I'm, but I don't really want them to know that. Well, you are that girl. It makes me feel. I know that you're that girl, but you talk tough. I do sometimes. You know, David's into the relationships and I just want to get it done. I'm in for the thrill of the hunt. That is not true. You like it. I love it, actually. And, but you're, and you're not a great maintenance person once the deal is done. Right, that's right. not That's not what your primary skill is. Mm-mm, but no. I know People that you care. People hire me for negotiation. I know that you care. People who don't know you don't know, but I know that you care. And uh, I think that's where we're going to leave it. <laughs> it. You know... That's so embarrassing. I know, but you are a good smart loving person and you can't not have that role into your business you can't it's just not a thing Mm -hmm. you know i'm a goofy happy caring person so people who get to know me are not surprised by that people who don't know me may think it's an act Mm -hmm. you know what i mean but it's not 
I care. It's weird, isn't it? I care more about the customer experience than my own experience. That's bizarre and not normal. But I I feel that way. Yep. Anyway, there you have it. And there it is. My name's David Austin for Londa Joanne Sherwood Austin. And this has been another episode of The Session with Londa and David, brought to you by Sherwood Austin Growth Consultants. Call Londa today if your business needs a boost at 509 491 2663. 509 491 2663.